0: Hello, 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 and welcome to my podcast, That Show Fucked Me Up. It is I, the beautiful, the talented, the funny, your host, Mariel Vizcarra. Q and the applause. Yo, what is up yo we're already in fucking november right now as i'm recording this is uh it's november uh 17th 2000 i was gonna say 2001 fuck no i'm off by 20 years 2021 2021 november seventeenth, 2021 we're about a week a week and a day away from thanksgiving you know the only thing i look forward to is the food because you know i'm i just love to eat that's what i look forward to i love to fucking eat and you know i love the sides during thanksgiving uh i don't know why i'm talking about thanksgiving i think it's just the first thing that came to mind uh just uh just so you're aware uh i am a little congested i'm not sick i swear to god i swear to god i am not sick anymore um, I think it's just allergies, this weather has been fucking weird, it's like cold, and then it's not, and then it's cold, and then it's not, and then I go outside with my hair wet, and you know, those those tales that if you go outside with your fucking hair wet, you're gonna get sick, so that's what I did yesterday, but I, but in my defense, I was taking my dogs to go pee outside, you know, just dog mom, hashtag dog mom, Uh but yeah, that's that's it for me on personal updates. What have I been up to? Oh, so I'm back in Calexico, So I was in San Diego for a while. So I was recording from there. So I'm back on my cool fucking mic. My mic that everything sounds so nice and bougie. We, we sound rich. Honestly, with this mic, I sound rich. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, speaking about sounding rich. So you know, so right now, um, November 17th, as I've mentioned. Three times now. Um, we released episode two, Fathers, uh, last Thursday. And tomorrow I'm going to release episode three of Mayor of Easttown. Uh, and turn number two. Um, and I activated the freaking, what is it called? The, the ads on for the first time ever. And guess what, yo? We're 10 cents in. Fuck yeah. We are balling. 10 cents fuck yeah keep keep listening keep listening maybe by fucking episode uh one million we'll get like to a dollar or something uh but regardless regardless thank you all for your support and i know i thank you all the time but i mean I, I really really appreciate like who who the fuck would have thought that i would have people listening to me just talk about tv shows and then just talk nonsense for about an hour every week Who who would have thought? Who? Not me. Not I. Well maybe. Well maybe me, because you know, I love podcasts. I love podcasts with a passion. I don't listen to music anymore because why listen to music when I can listen to a podcast and learn something new? Just kidding, it's not about learning. I'm just really intrigued with like murder and crime and ghost stories and shit like that. And TV. And TV and movies. I love I love all that shit. I love all that shit uh but yeah that that's literally it from personal updates nothing new you already know me pretty keeping it low-key um on tv recommendations or tv or movie recommendations honestly i'm just still binging csi csi the original with with poppy grissom and you know yeah and warwick um you know i just love those types of tv shows where they solve crimes and shit and they analyze the um not data not data they do not analyze data they're not computer people they analyze the fuck what is the word dude it is okay i you know you know what i'm talking about you fucking know what i'm talking about so i've just been binging that i started watching the new season of big mouth and you know that's always a good fucking time uh, fucking cartoons dirty cartoons everyone loves that everyone fucks with that um and you know if you're feeling if you've been like feeling down a little bit and you need to pick me up just watch that show uh movies i recently watched and i'm not i'm not the type to watch like uh lovey-dovey um christmas movies or like holiday movies or whatever but i watched um love hard with nina Dobrev and uh that guy that came out in freaking crazy rich asians i can't recall his name right now but he was like the asshole in crazy rich asians like the rich asshole that you know just wanted to like party uh same but like <laughs> nobody likes that person <laughs> uh but it was like a love like type of catfish type of movie and then you know they fall in love oh oops spoiler alert but it was actually really good it got me in my feels that's why I don't watch that type of shit I don't want to get in my feels I don't I want to get I either want to get fucking scared or I either want to get fucking traumatized that's all I want that's what I want when I watch tv or movies fuck me up I (laughs) there we go that's why i started this podcast because i literally just want to watch shows that fuck me up and i know not everyone watches tv to get fucked up i was talking to my friend Monse about it and she's like no i i need light-hearted shit and i'm like okay no i literally need something to traumatize me for me to be intrigued but that's just me that's just me and i'm sorry i have mocos and by mocos i mean boogers <laughs> Let's just get started uh, with the episode. I think I've talked a lot about things that have nothing to do with Mayor of Easttown. But today we will be covering episode six of Mayor of Easttown. Hold on, where the. Sorry, I'm scrolling down in my notes. Okay. Episode six of Mayor of Easttown-, Easttown. Soar must be the storm. The episode opens up with Mare in the hospital, and Frank, Helen, Shembon, and Drew are all there. Mare is all groggy because of the drugs, but she opens her eyes, and Helen tells her that she scared the crap out of her. and And Frank tells Drew to say hi to his Graham, and he's like, "Hi, Graham." Uh, then we see news coverage, uh, like video saying how it's been a, an emotional time here at East as Katie Bailey is reunited with her family for this first time since being taken. And we see Dawn and then Katie sees her daughter and runs tor- towards her and embraces her. We then see Dawn telling the cameras that she's so grateful to have Katie back with her. The news reporter says that there is still a lot of details. Not there still isn't a lot of details regarding what happened in the attic of Wayne Potts, and that they don't know if this case has anything to do with the murder of Aaron yet. We see Chief Carter giving a statement saying how the police department welcomes the help of the FBI and how this is still an ongoing investigation and how even though this is a good day for many he he like it's still a sad day for east town and the department because they lost detective colin sable an exemplar exemplary detective next we see a snippet of a bike being pulled out of the river and then it cuts to deacon mark at the station saying how he already told the police everything that he knows Chief Carter says that Deacon Mark is there because earlier in the morning, Father Dan came in and told them how he knew that Deacon Mark was with Aaron the night that she was murdered. Chief Carter tells Mark that they have surveillance of his car over by the bridge where the bike was found, and uh, the chief asks if he tossed her bike into the river, and Deacon Mark says that he did toss the bike, but that he did not kill Aaron. Chief Carter wants to know what happened to Deacon Mark's face and why it's all fucked up. You remember he got beat up by those by those teenagers and he lies and says that he fell and the chief just tells him that he does not believe a thing he has to say and how he's under arrest for tampering with evidence. We then see Mare getting to her house and the car is surrounded by reporters and Lori helps her up to like up the stairs. And as they close the door, Helen flips off the reporters as Mare comes into the house. Uh, Typical Helen behavior. She's like, fuck you, you know, leave my daughter alone. We then see uh, Mare and Lori and Lori's telling Mare how uh, John is sleeping with Sandra again. So who the fuck is Sandra is? I have no clue. Uh, Mare wants to know how she found out and Lori tells her that Ryan saw uh, his dad and Sandra-, Sandra together and how he had been holding that secret for m- months. Mare apologizes and Lori just says that the last time John was having an affair, she could feel it. Late nights at work, sneaking out to take a call, but how this time she didn't see it coming. Mare tells her that she needs to be strong this time, how John will come around and turn on the charm, and Lori starts saying, I know, I know, and Lori's just upset and she just says that she can't help that she still loves John and how she can't turn off uh, her feelings. Lori just says, the father of my kids... And Mare asks where he's staying now, and Lori just tells her that he's staying with uh, his dad and Billy, his brother. We then see John and his dad bringing up a mattress upstairs, and John's dad wants to know what happened this time. John responds that Lori thinks he had an affair, and his dad just turns to, turns to him and says, She thinks you had an affair, or you had an affair. Mm pat that's the dad's name pat putting his son on the spot uh we then see billy come in um oh sorry i missed i missed the sentence the pat the dad is upset and wants to know if the kids know well you know that Lori thinks he had an, an affair and john just tells his dad that ryan does know and that they just told myra that moira that he was going away for a while we then see Billy come in, and their jo- their dad just says that this is not exactly how he imagined retirement, boarding up with his two adult sons. John asks Billy for help with the mattress, and Billy tells him to do it himself, like, oh, like, you do it. And John asks, what, like, ask, what's the matter with him? And Billy responds that it's not his fault that he ruined his life because he could not keep his dick in his fucking pants. Ooh, uh, And Pat is like, Bill, like, you shouldn't say that. And John just says that he's, he is holding him accountable. Um, And Bill just says that he's holding John ac- accountable for, like, once in his goddamn life. Pat says that he does not know what the hell is going on. And uh, with Billy and John tells him that he's drinking too much and that he'll talk to him. Cut to Mare sitting in the couch by herself watching TV. And she's watching, uh, like, a news report of, of like, the chief talking about how Sable was a friend, a protector and how he dedicated his life to save others and then Mary gets her keys and drives over to Sable's mom's house and she gets, she fucking drives to Sable's mom's house and she gets down and knocks on the fucking front door Sable's mom opens the door and Mary just says, hi Mrs. Sable, I just wanted to come out here and say how sorry I am about Colin I just wanted to say that he was a wonderful detective and he saved my life. And before Mare, before Mare can say anything else, Mrs. Sable bitch slaps the fuck out of her. Not once, but twice and once in each, we- in each cheek. Mrs. Sable says, how dare you come to, my ha- come to my house? Who the hell do you think you are, huh? You think you could just go through life, do whatever the hell you want without any consequences? If my son had not followed you into that house, he would still be alive. Don't you ever come here again. And she just, like, fucking shuts the door closed. And Mare's just standing there, like, stunned. Not even, like, understanding what just happened. Holding her cheek because, dude, that bitch slap hurt the fuck out of Mare. I know it did. Because she's just holding onto her cheek as she's just, like, staring off into nothingness. And then she just goes back home. (laughs) Marin get Marin <laughs> Marin, who the fuck is Marin? Mar gets home, and Helen comes out and asks how it went, and Mar just starts sobbing, and Helen goes over and hugs her daughter, and Mare just sobs louder, cut to Marin Chief Carter walking together, and he's telling Mare how the two cases aren't related, and how Wayne Potts couldn't have killed Aaron since he was out of town visiting his mother when Aaron was murdered. The chief, the chief says that he has about a week before he has to announce to the public that the person who killed Aaron is still out there. Mare wants to know why the chief is telling her all this and he tells her that he let Officer Hauser go this morning and how he wants her back on the case if she still wants to. Mare thanks the chief for sticking with her and she gives like a sigh of relief and the chief gives her back uh, her badge. Cut to Helen and Mare bickering, and the doorbell rings, and Helen goes over to open it. And guess who it is? Richard Richard came to visit Mare and Helen is all excited and he comes bearing gifts and it's a gift basket and it's all of Mare's favorite food that she mentioned during the first time they met at the bar at the bar. So it's like when they were talking about the good places to eat in East Town, he went to each fucking location and got the things that Mare likes a man that remembers the things you talk about (sighs) iconic honestly uh saddy richard can get it uh mayor tells richard over some beers that she's lucky to even be alive and richard apologizes for the death of her colleague and how it has to be tough mayor agrees that it is really hard and richard just uh says that she found those two girls and that her dad would be proud of her Mare asks if she can confess something to him and then she goes on and tells Richard how she cancelled on him on his birthday because she agreed to go on a date with Sable. Mare lets Richard know that Sable was just a friend and that, but that it was the wrong thing to do. And Richard just tells her that it's okay and how they never made any promises to each other but Mare just says that she still wanted to tell him. Mare holds Richard's hand and Mare just says that she needs to get her shit together and that she can't do this. And Richard completely understands and tells her that when she feels ready that she could just give him a call. And Mare wants to know how she will know if he's even available once she does feel ready. And Richard says that she won't know but that he's 52 years old living in East- Easttown so that her odds are pretty good. Yes, they are. Next scene is Mare at the station, and the ballistics expert is giving her the, the report on the like, the gunshot or you know the ballistics report. The expert uh, says that again the, the gun that killed Aaron was a Colt Detective Special revolver, so an old cop, an old cop gun, but that they're not around anymore because production stopped in 1995. The station's receptionist walks in and is like sorry for interrupting, but Brianna Doraso is calling for Mare. Cut to the Dorasso house and Brianna's telling Mayor how she woke up at two in the morning and that Dylan wasn't around and that she walked all over the house but that he was not there and it was the night that Aaron got murdered. Chief Carter is also there and says, so you lied to us during your initial statement. And Mary goes on about how it looks bad that Brianna's coming forward because she wants it to look good on her assault case. And Brianna says that she's not asking for any leniency and that she just wants to do right by Aaron and her baby. And, excuse me? Excuse me, did Brianna just grow a conscience? What? What do you mean? Or, or, is she butthurt? Because Dylan is like, mm, get the fuck out of my house after she like she, like he said that they weren't anything. The world may never know. The world may never know. And at this point Chief Carter uh said that it Chief Carter tells Brianna that she needs to come down to to the station to sign a statement. And, like, uh, Brianna's mom kind of nudges her husband, Tony, and Tony speaks up and apologizes to Mare about before, and he, like, lets her know that it was a brave thing that she did, uh, saving those two girls. Then we see that Dylan is in the interrogation room, and Mary's telling him how they called him in there to wrap up some details on Aaron's case. Mare tells him to... Uh, for him to walk them through the night of Aaron's murder, so he tells them what we already know, went to the woods, got home around midnight, then went to bed. The chief asks if he went to bed with Brianna, and he says that he did, and Mare asks if he had a good night's sleep, meaning that he did not wake up at all during the night. Mare mentions how they just spoke to Brianna and that she said that he wasn't there at around 2 a.m., and Dylan now changes his story and says how he could not sleep and he just decided to go on a drive and smoke some weed alone. Mare confesses to Dylan that they know that Wayne Potts did not kill Aaron and how he probably already knew that. Mare asks him if he stole Aaron's journals and if there was something in there that might make him look guilty. Dylan just says that he wants a lawyer and Mayor uh, says that's smart. And when you call him, so your lawyer, tell him that your alibi is falling a apart and how the Easttown Police Department thinks you're the prime suspect for a murder investigation. Cut to Siobhan and Anne walking around holding hands. Oh, young lesbian love. Uh, and Siobhan tells her how she spoke to the Berkeley professor and how she thinks she's great. And the Berkeley professor wants to fly her out to Berkeley to see the campus. Anne um, asks if she's going to do it But Siobhan is not sure And just says that her parents might not want her to go to school so far away And Anne is like Have they said that? And Siobhan is like Not exactly And Anne wants to know What is stopping her from going to school out there And Siobhan very flirty Says maybe you're what's stopping me And Anne just tells her how they just started seeing each other And jokes that she, had, she has had colds That have lasted longer than their relationship and tell Shabon that she likes her and that the sex is good but that things don't have to last forever for them to matter and she and that she does not want to be the reason that Shabon stays in east town when she has so many more opportunities out of it and Shabon is like what if i don't give you a chance and you know this thing that on said is really really important how uh, like things don't have to last forever for them to matter i really like that because you think that you know like a relationship has to be so long for it to be important or for it to have impact in your life but it it, you know like length isn't what matters it's what it's how do you say it how do you how do i express myself fuck i need like that little booklet with like different words to express yourself with but okay so it's not the length it's the depth of the relationship. Ooh that was good that was really good i like that i like that not the length but the depth okay that could be dirty too never mind never mind <laughs> disregard next we see carrie working at like some type of laundromat it looks like uh so it's, they're working at night and her coworker asks her if she's all right carrie just tells her that she's tired and how she only slept three hours last night how she's off at 2 a.m and then she has to go into her next job at 6 a.m Fuck no. Mm-mm, and her co-worker offers her some pills and calls them Energizer Bunnies. And Carrie is like, no thank you. But she, she seems like tempted. Cut to Mare with Dr. Graham. And she tells Mare that it is so good to see her and how she had only been seeing her like all over the news. And Dr. Graham asks how she's been managing the attention. So Dr. Graham is her therapist. I hope we've established this by now. I hope so. And Mare confesses that she hasn't been handling the attention and how she's mostly just been trying to avoid it. Dr. Graham asks why she came back since the department is not requiring the therapy sessions anymore and Mare lets her know that she can feel it happening again. Panic. Expectations. It's uh, the expectations that people might have of her. Dr. Graham asks if she knows what would make her feel good enough and Mare doesn't know that she can't think of anything. Doctor Graham asks Mary if she can share some insight. And in Mary's like, "Of course." And the doctor tells her that she's worried that she has not effectively grieved her son's death, and she thinks that she sought out external solutions to her internal pain and how she's been hiding behind other people's grief. First, Katie Bailey, and then Aaron, and how after these cases, and how after these cases are solved, the grief is still going to be waiting for her. Doctor Graham asks Mary if she can walk her through the day Kevin died. And Mare tells her that it was a Sunday that the neighbor called and told Mare how they had seen Kevin go into the house. Mare lets lets the doctor know that Kevin had been living on and off with them. So the neighbors kind of knew to call if they saw him around because he had stolen a bunch of things from them before. Mare thought how he was there probably looking for drug money like he always was. And uh. Frank was not at home, that he had taken Drew somewhere, and Shobon was at her friend's house, so instead of Mare going to the house herself to check on Kevin, she asked Siobhan to go check on him for her. Mare had been running uh she had been out running some errands, and then Shobon called her hysterical, and she couldn't even speak, and Mare couldn't even remember driving home. At this point, like Mare's explaining to Dr. Graham, but we get flashbacks of Mare getting home right after Shabon called her. And she runs upstairs, and Siobhan is on the floor with her a- arms wrapped around her legs, crying. Mera runs past Siobhan, and the door to the attic was open, and the stairs were out as well. And as she's about to climb up the stairs, she sees her son's body just hanging there. And her knees gave up on her, and she falls to the ground. Then we're back in the doctor's office. Mera says that she found him in the attic, hanging from one of the beams, and how he had gotten a toe rope from the garage then we see a shot of Shaban still on the floor crying and in the background we see Mare go up the attic stairs Mare cut him down from the rope and back in the office Mare tells the doctor how she tried to catch him but his body was so heavy and that she just held him in her arms till the paramedics came and that they had to pull him off of her arms Dr. Graham apologizes to Mare and asks uh, if she still lives in the same house where Kevin killed himself and if she had been back to the attic since. Mare lets the doctor know that she does live in that same house but that she has not been there since Kevin died to the attic and how no one goes up there. Cut to Beth smoking a cigarette outside and Mare gets there. Beth tells Mare that Freddie had not been answering his phone for a few days and that she's been worried. Bethy tried to go inside his house, but the door is locked, and Mare asks if he's inside it. Beth just tells her that the neighbor saw him a couple days uh, before. Beth uh, lets Mare know that she has a sick feeling in her stomach, and Mare tells her that she will go and check it out. For, I guess... Police departments know how to pick locks or something because Mer just walks into the house and is calling out for Freddie and she peeks into one of the rooms and she sees Freddie with a needle stuck in his arm and he's dead. Mered looks around the room and finds a back with a jersey that says Mike Meneman, so Aaron's last name, and then another shirt that says Ross Family Reunion with the day 5-29-17th, May 29-17th. Beth calls out for Mare and asks if Freddie's in there, and Mare tells her that she's coming out now. Mary goes outside the room and tells Beth that he's gone and that she's so, so sorry. Beth just sits down, and she has no reaction, and Mare goes over to her, and Beth just rests her head against her cho- shoulder. Cut to a video of Kevin, and he's holding a guitar. He says that he wrote this song for the first girl that ever broke his heart, and he starts playing the guitar. Shabnam pauses the video and takes out her phone, and she calls Anne and leaves Anne a message to tell her that she decided not to go to the concert, and how she was thinking about what she said the other night, and how it would be really great to see her soon. Then we see a close up of uh, a letter from Berkeley, and then Shabon eats a, like a half of a weed gummy, so and then just sits in her bed. And she starts to get really panicky, like her hands are shaky, and she calls Anne again and leaves her another voicemail, and then she starts texting her, and she starts drinking clear alcohol, kind of looks like vodka, and she leaves another voicemail, trying to tell her, and she's just telling her to call her back, and then she starts sending back-to-back-to-back texts, and we all know that's not a good sign, Mm -mm. and then Shabon grabs her things and heads out. Next, we see Beth again, and there are people surrounding her. They're at her house, and they're having like a, some sort of event in Freddie's memory. Uh, Mare is standing outside by herself. Social butterfly and an awkward queen, as always. Uh, Lori comes outside, and Mare asks her how Bethy seems, and Lori just says that she's doing all right and how part of her is probably relieved because things had been bad for so long. Mare asks Lori if she can ask her something and Lori just responds that she does not want to talk about her marriage. But Mary tells her that it's not that that's not what she wants to ask. Mare asks about the family reunion that Lori and her family had in Lake Harmon and when she could tell her about it. Lori says that it was a few months after Aaron's mom died and how they wanted to do something nice for Aaron and Kenny to lift their spirits. So John rented a few cabins on the lake and how they swam, fished, and uh, cooked out. Mary wants to know who was there and Lori says that it was John, Billy, Pat, Kenny, and the kids. And Mary wants to confirm that Aaron was there and if anyone else was hanging around her. And Lori says that Aaron was there and no one else was around. And Lori's kind of asking uh, Mary why she's like asking about that specific like family reunion. Right as she's asking that, Dawn comes over and asks Lori if she can have a moment alone with Mary. And Lori says sure and walks off. Dawn apologizes to Mare about not coming to see her sooner and how she's just been with Katie and helping her get adjusted. Mare asks Dawn how Katie is doing and Dawn tells her that she's struggling and how she's having night terrors and that she doesn't know if she'll ever be herself again. Then Dawn um, adds how Katie was not herself for years even before she was taken from them. Dawn tells Mare that she does not want to sound ungrateful and how she's so thankful that she helped return Katie to her. And Mare just goes up and hugs Dawn and Dawn cries as she says that she's sorry. Cut to Shabon's Siobhan, uh, band buddies bringing her into her house and she's wasted shabon is being like the i'm fine i'm fine kind of drunk or fucked up person and mary comes out of her room because she hears the noise and wants to know what's going on and they tell mary that shabon is just having a hard time and that she and mary lets her friends know that she will take it from here mary goes into shabon's room and helps her take off her sweater and shoes and mary tells shabon that she stinks and asks where she has been shabon quietly whispers it should have been you that day Mare didn't hear, so she's like, "What?" And Shabon goes on, "I hate you for that. I hate that you made me find him." Mare is confused as to what she's talking about, and she she asks her, "Like, what are you talking about?" And Shabon tells Mare that they don't even talk about him. Mare asks what she's talking about again, and Shabon starts screaming, "We don't even talk about him anymore, and I hate you for that. I hate you. You should have been the one to find him, not me, not me." Mare is telling Shabon to stop it and Shabon just keeps repeating, it should have been you. Mare hugs Shabon and apologizes over and over again. Next scene we're at Billy and John uh and John's dad's house and John gets there and asks where Billy is to his dad Pat, and Pat responds that he just went off to work. Pat takes a sip of water and his hand is all shaky and John tells him that he got them steaks for dinner, but Pat does not respond and he goes over to his dad and asks if he's okay. John tells Pat that he looks like he's about to pass out and John tells him that he's going to call the doctor, but Pat very sternly tells him to put the phone down and to sit down because he needs to tell him something. John reluctantly sits down and asks if he remembers the night that he went to Frank's engagement party. He tells John that Bill, Billy had gotten home like at three in the morning, so he came down to check on him, and he was in the laundry room, and that there was uh, blood all over his clothes, and how the next morning they found Aaron uh, over by the creek. John asks his dad if he thinks Billy would, like, would do, would be the one to do it, and he asked if his dad asked Billy about it, but Pat says that he has not brought it up since that day. Pat says that he has tried to just erase it all from his mind and ask him what they're going to do. Next scene, we see Chief Carter and Mayor over at the prison talking to Kenny. They ask Kenny why Freddie had Aaron's clothes and Kenny lets them know that Freddie had visited him in jail and told him how he missed his daughter's birthday and that how he did not have enough money to buy her a gift. So he gave him permission to take some of Aaron's stuff. Mare shows Kenny the shirt with the family reunion like information, so Lake Harmon and the date, and asks him about it. Kenny basically says the same thing that Lori told Mare how they did a little fishing, and then he mentions a lot of drinking. Kenny wants to know what this has to do with Aaron's murder, and mary shows Kenny a picture of the locket she found in the drawer and asks him if he ever saw Aaron wearing that necklace. Kenny says that maybe it was a gift from Dylan and Mare sa- says that it wasn't and how the necklace has a date engraved on it and how the date matches the the date on the reunion shirt. Mare asks if she met someone over there or if he saw Aaron with anyone else other than the family and Kenny tells them that it rained a bunch so most of the time they were I- inside the cabin and how Aaron stay- uh, and him stayed in Billy's cabin. Next we see Mare getting Drew off of his car seat and telling him how much she loves him and we see Carrie out like coming outside. Carrie looks super excited to see Drew and Drew uh reaches over to hug her. Carrie thanks Mare for driving him over and Mare just asks that she takes care of him and, and Carrie just grabs his bag and goes inside. We then see Frank sitting at home and Mare knocks the door and then asks if she can come in. Frank asks if she's going to accuse him of a crime, and Mare just walks inside. Mare asks where Faye is, and Frank tells her that she's gone now, and how she's staying at her mother's house. Mare asks him how long that's been going on, and Frank tells her that things have been rocking since the paternity test, and Mare apologizes for that. Frank asks how she's feeling and she says that she's okay and, and he asks if she wants a beer but she declines and Frank asks how the drop off went at Carrie's and Mary tells him that it went fine and how Drew just took her hand and went inside within, without even looking back. Frank tells her that he talked to the custody lawyer and how things are not looking good for them and how they could lose custody of Drew as early as the summer and Mary just responds with yeah and Frank is shocked because he expected a bigger reaction from Mary. And how he did not expect her to give up the fight so easily. Mare asks if he wants uh if Frank wants her to plant drugs on her again, and Frank just says no. Mare just tells Frank that they have to give Carrie a chance to be a mother. And Frank asks Mare when she got so philosophical about all this. And Mare just tells him that maybe she's just getting old. Next scene we see Carrie giving Drew a bath and they're just playing with little car toys, and she and Carrie, like Carrie has her head against the tub. Cut to Jess leaving her apartment building And then Dylan and his friend pull up beside her So the friend is the one that like recorded Brianna beating up Aaron And um, Dylan is asking if she told Mary that they stole Aaron's journals Jess tells them to leave her alone And Dylan tells her that, that that's impossible Because the three of them are joined together forever And he tells her to just get in the car And Jess runs away and they start chasing after her Uh, And then we see Jess run into a parking lot. Uh, We are back in Carrie's house and we see Drew still playing in the tub and Carrie has fallen asleep. Like her head is against the tub and she just closed her eyes and fell asleep. And then Drew falls into the water. Cut back to Jess hiding under a parked car and Dylan and his guy friend get down from the car and begin to look around. They realize that she's not there and are about to leave. But then Dylan pulls her from under the car like he he literally drags her by the feet, just starts to scream and she's screaming out for help. And he pulls out a fucking gun and points it at her and says to not open her fucking mouth again or she's going to end up just like Aaron. Fucking Dylan, dude, I fucking hate him. So we're back at Carrie's apartment. The water is now overflowing from the tub and we see Drew's head like underwater and Carrie is still asleep. She suddenly feels the water or something. So she wakes up and pulls him up from the water and asks if he's okay. And uh, Drew says that he's fine and that he was just playing to see how long he can hold his breath and that he can hold his breath forever underwater. And Carrie just hugs him and apologizes. We then see John coming down the stairs uh, from him and Lori's house. And he says goodnight to Ryan and Moira. He thanks Lori for letting him see them and tells her that he's going to work on their relationship and make his way back to her. Lori asks if he remembers the family reunion that they had. And John says that he does remember. And Lori asks if anything happened to Aaron. And John says no and why she's and asks Lori why she's asking. And Lori just tells him because Mare asked her about it. Lori asks John if he he can ask Bill for her, and he says that he will talk to him and just says goodnight and leaves. Next, we see Mary looking through Aaron's Facebook, and she runs into some pictures from that reunion. Cut uh, to John telling Billy how their dad saw him with, like, blood all over him, and how Mary has been asking around and that she knows about the reunion. John says that it's only a matter of time. John tells Billy that he needs to hear him say it, how he needs to finally say it out loud, how he killed her. And Billy just says, I killed her, Jesus Christ, John. And he hugs his brother, and Billy bursts out crying. We see Laurie and John sitting down together, and Laurie looks in disbelief. Laurie asks what is going to happen to him, and John says that he does not know. John tells Laurie that they have to do everything they can to keep this from Mare and John asks Lori if she can do that, and if she can do that for their family. Cut to Billy drinking a coffee at his dad's house, and John walks in and asks how he's holding up, and Billy tells John that he's ready to confess. John wants to know if he's sure, and and Billy just nods his his head. John tells him that they should go up to their dad's cabin one last time, how they can go fishing like when they were boys, and if he wants to do that, and Billy just nods his head again. Cut to Mare getting to the jewelry store and she asks the person that works there if the necklace uh, if the necklace that Aaron had hidden was purchased there. So she shows it to the jeweler. Uh, the jeweler tells Mare that it was purchased there and how a young girl came in wanting to return it but that they can't refund pieces that have been engraved. And Mare tells him that she needs to know who purchased it and he says of course and he goes over to get his records. We see Billy uh, prepping for the trip with his brother and he's looking inside this fishing box or whatever it's called and he notices that John packed a gun for their brotherly fishing trip. John comes outside and asks if he's all set to go and Billy says yeah and pretends like he didn't see the gun and gets inside the truck. The jeweler comes back and Mayor, uh, and tells Mare that the necklace was purchased on June 1st, 2017, and Mare just thanks him. We see Bill and John driving up the cabin, and John looks preoccupied, and Billy's just staring at him. They get there, and Billy starts getting the things off of the truck, and John asks him to ta- to hand him the tackle box, and this is where Billy saw the gun, but Billy just says that he's, he's got it, and he grabs it himself. Mare gets to Lori's house and asks her if she's seen Billy, and Lori says, no, why? And Mare asks Lori if they can talk, and Lori just sends Ryan and Moira upstairs. Mare asks her again if she knows where Billy is and that she needs to talk to him, and Lori says no and asks why Mare needs to talk to him, and before Mare responds, she makes sure that the kids are not lingering by the stairs, so she just peeks her head uh, uh, up the stairs. Mare tells Lori that it's about Aaron and how something happened between them at the family reunion. Lori doesn't respond and Mare is like, what is going on? Lori just tells her that she swears she didn't know when she first uh asked and Mare says, what didn't you know? Lori lets Mare know that John came over th- that morning and that the night that Aaron died, Billy came home covered in blood and that Billy shot Aaron and that Billy is DJ's father. Mare comes to the conclusion that Aaron was probably threatening to tell everyone the truth and Billy must have freaked out because Aaron was a minor and Lori says that it was also incestuous because Kenny and Billy are cousins. Lori tells Mare that the relationship started up after the reunion. Mare asks Lori a third time where Billy is at and Lori gets up and walks away. Mare walks a- after her and tells her to tell her where Billy is and if John is with him and Lori finally confesses that they drove up to Pat's cabin to go fishing and Mare tells Lori that she did the right thing next we see Mare driving and she calls the chief to tell him that Billy killed Aaron and that he confessed to his brother this morning and how he's also the father of the baby Mare tells him that she's heading to where they're at now and the chief tells her to wait for backup and to pull over but she says that she copies, but when she hangs up, she drives even faster. Officer Trammell walks into the chief's office and asks him if he has a second. Uh, Trammel tells the chief that Jess and her mom just walked into the station and how she asked for Mare because she has information on Aaron, and the chief tells him to send them in. We see Mare getting to the cabin and parking right next to John's, John's truck. And back in the station, Chief Carter asks Jess why they burned Aaron's journals and what was inside them that they were trying to hide. And Jess's mom tells her to show him. Jess takes out a p- a picture and Jess hands it to the chief and he stares at it. And after a few seconds, he tells Trammell to get Mare on the phone and to do it now. Cut to Billy and John fishing and Billy just observing his brother and Mare's walking down the river looking for them. And we get a close-up of Mare's face as she walks. And that is the end of the episode. Fuck, dude. We're ending on a fucking cliffhanger. Oh, my God. This is episode six? There's only seven episodes. Yo, this is a second to the last episode. And who the fuck is in that picture? Who the fuck is in the picture? I know. I know. But you don't, or maybe you do. You probably do if you watch the show, but yo, it's gonna it's gonna get crazy. It's gonna get fucking insane, yo. Okay, I know that at the beginning of the episode I mentioned that I was back in Calexico and I had my cool mic or whatever. But <laughs> Uh, As I'm finishing up this episode, I am back in San Diego, so my sound will be trash and more trash than the other time because I'm a dumbass with computers, with technology, and I can't get the fucking Audacity app to work. I try to, you know, install an update, and now it says that I can't run two programs with the same name in, in one computer or something along those lines, so I guess I'm fucked. But hopefully the sound isn't too trash. Thank you for your cooperation. But honestly, it's Tuesday night. I have a holiday party tomorrow, so I won't be able to edit tomorrow and post. So I'll probably just finish editing today. I had a shit day. And I don't know why I'm going into this, but I just had a shit day. So I'm going to pour myself uh, I was going to say, I'm going to pour myself a bottle of wine. Damn, girl, you had a shit day. Like <laughs> I'm going to pour myself a glass of wine, and then we're going to get started with our segments. I'm going to do a little ASMR for you. This is me Ooh, opening the bottle of wine. Yes, it's a twist off. Yes, it was $9. And what about it? And what about it? I didn't buy this one. I think my aunt buy, bought it. Um, I lent her my apartment for a couple of days. And she's an avid wine drinker. She bought this wine called Muretta, And it's a Merlot from 2018. Made with organic grapes. So let me give you some more a- a- A-S- ASMR. That's- Ooh. I'm going to become an ASMR podcast, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Let me take a sip of this, and then we'll get started with our That Shit fucked Me Up (laughs) segment, because a lot of shit fuck... I thought we we reached, you know, a fucking... What's up with me not being able to think of the word that I want to say? It's become a theme. I do not like that. I do not like that at all. Like, bro, I'm a podcast. I have to talk, and I can't remember the fucking name of the word. I... (laughs) Like I said, long day. This this wine smells like it's gonna give me a headache, but you want you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. Cheers. Um it's pretty good. Okay. Starting with our first segment, that shit fucked me up on episode six, Storm Must Be the Storm. Um Shabon being the one to find Kevin? Bro, talk about the, just the trauma of not only your oldest sibling, the person you look up to the most and that you love and adore, dying. Not only that, but finding them, finding their body hanging from your ad, bro, you know, I, my respects to Siobhan because she's got her shit together, dude. If that had been me, I would, I, I don't know, dude. I have no clue where I would be because Siobhan really, really is out here making moves, like, you know, having relationships and, and you know, working on her documentary and kind of mourning and and. And doing stuff to get over what happened. I feel like she's active and she she's in a band, so she's still a normal teenage girl, right? At the end of the day, she's a normal teenage girl that's dealing with the loss of her of her brother, and and I think she's dealing in a healthy way, honestly. Well, mm, mm, this episode not so healthy, but I mean, she's a teenager, so yes, teenagers drink, teenagers do drugs sometimes, but. I feel like this just takes us to another traumatizing thing dealing with Siobhan when On asks her, like, oh, like, did your parents tell you they don't want you to leave? And just having that responsibility of thinking that you're the glue that is holding everything together, that's a lot of responsibility for Siobhan, dude. She's what, 17, 18 years old, and she thinks she needs to stay there in East Town. So, because she thinks that if she leaves, everyone's world will fall apart again like no dude like people like i feel like she's taking the role of the oldest child because kevin was not that for her but i get kevin has had his reasons like his mental health problems and then his drug addiction so i feel like she she thinks of herself as the oldest because that's a very common theme with like older um, siblings, just thinking that you can't leave, or if you leave, you're bad, or just having a guilty conscience because you're there and you need to help out as much as you can. But let me tell you right now, you gotta, this is gonna be sound so fucking corny. Let me, let me take a, another fucking sip of this fucking Merlot. Because You gotta spread your wings and fly. You gotta fly out of the nest. I don't know why though. Wow, dude, I think I'm drunk already. Yeah. <laughs> Two sips of wine in, and I'm feeling it. Just kidding. Um, dude, you gotta, you gotta leave the nest. You gotta be out there and be your own person and stop worrying about everyone else. Worry about yourself for a change. <sighs> Like I said, my respect for Siobhan, she's doing a lot and she's prospering, but at the same time, she shouldn't have to do a lot. And I think this happened, uh, this conversation came up and I don't know if I uh, mentioned it last episode. I don't remember. I can't recall what I did yesterday. You think I'm going to recall what I did last week? No. Um, Just like her dad mentioning like, oh, like, how are you? I haven't checked. Chicked up on you, are you okay? Just like making sure you have those conversations with your children because okay, yeah, you're going through it, but your children are also going through shit. Just remember to ask your children how they're doing. Doesn't matter their age, doesn't matter if they're a fucking adult, they're a teenager, they're a fucking toddler. Just give them give them that time of day, you know. Ask them how they're doing and learn something about your kid because sometimes you're so self-involved you forget that someone might need you. And uh, okay, next thing that's also traumatizing drones drowning fucking carry dude, like, <laughs> I know I say this. I know I say this all the time, but I'm trying to give everyone the benefit of the doubt because I'm a Libra. Um, but you know, she's working so like she's working so fucking much like when does she sleep? And I know she wants to spend time with her child, but at the same time, like you got to set, not, it's not a, I don't know if it's a boundary uh, per se, it's more like you got to know to ask for help. There you go. You know, my 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 mind is so powerful, just like how I come up with thoughts. <laughs> I'm also very humble as you can tell. Um, just knowing when to stop and take a breath and maybe ask for help because if you're falling asleep while you're supposed to be super supervising your kid taking a fucking bath i think that that's that's an issue that's an issue and already when you're already labeled an unreliable person you know she's fighting against everyone. And she's trying to prove to everyone that she's a good mother, that she's capable. And then I feel like this was a wake up call to Carrie because she's like, fuck, maybe I'm not. And I think uh, I think there was more traumatizing things but I only have four on my list, um, four. <laughs> uh, I only have four on my that shit's traumatizing list and I only have two on my that shit's heartwarming. So, mm, I, okay. Before we hop onto heartwarming stuff, um, just getting a gun pointed in her face—again, talk about traumatic experiences. She's always gonna, she's always gonna remember that. Not only was her best friend murdered, uh, she also got involved with everything somehow. And there's like this alliance between Dylan and that other dude and herself, but now they're coming after her. When it, when it wasn't even her that went to the police, you know, Brianna was the one that went to the police and kind of said like, oh, I didn't see Dylan for like a couple of hours that night. And then he's coming after Jess when Jess like lied for him. Um, uh, I'm really confused. I'm really confused about Dylan because, you know, like I said last episode, I feel like we're a reflection of our parents and how we – were raised. But again, where the fuck did his parents go wrong? I really I want to know. Is he just like, Oh, a bad person? Because I want to like, yeah, again, giving people the fucking benefit of the doubt. I don't think he's a horrible human being. But now he goes and does these horrible fucking things like pointing a gun to someone that technically helped you uh, lie to the police. And like burn fucking evidence. I'm even though I might not think he's like a horrible person, I don't like him. I don't like him at all. Mm-mm, no,pe just how he treated Aaron at the beginning. Asshole, how he talk. Just, just how he talks to his parents. I'm Mexican. I grew up in a Mexican household. And everything with like, when you talk to your elders, it's you talk to them with respect. And that's something that's lacking in a lot of like white families. Now, I'm not saying that all white families, I'm saying that a lot of people just like, they put themselves at the same level, like child and like parent. And there's like lack of respect. So I feel like that's the thing in this, like, power relationship between Dylan and his parents where they don't want to push too much even though they should be pushing because they're they're his parents you know like (laughs) I feel like I'm going too much into it uh this relationship but I I have thoughts I have thoughts about that relationship and like where did they go wrong and moving on to that shit's heartwarming you know giving us a little uh morale lift uh, I didn't have. <laughs> there were. There was not a lot of happy moments in this episode. There actually, if we're thinking about it, if I really think about it, I don't think there was any happy moments. And I might be wrong. I should probably uh, re-listen to this episode before I release it, just to make sure that I'm not missing anything. But somehow, heart warming. I know. Like, the intent was not for this scene to be heartwarming, but the act of it was Mary getting bitch slapped. Not once, but twice. Like, literally, it was like a fucking cartoon, dude. Like, papa, papa, you know? Like, (laughs) and I know that, like I mentioned, this is not supposed to be a funny scene at all, but it just, like, catches you off guard because you do not expect... Sable's mom to react that way. And she has every fucking right. Sable's mom has every fucking right to react the way she did, especially after losing her child, especially after, you know, Sable's such a, such a mama's boy that he probably went home after the date and was like, oh, it was horrible. She left. She ditched me, you know? So, and then Sable's mom from the start, she had a bad feeling about Mare. And she was unfortunately proven right. But in uh, episode five, Sable says that all his life, he was careful. And I feel it, it, you know, just like he was probably raised by his mom, uh, an overprotective mom, always being careful, blah, blah, blah. And then the one day, the one day he took a fucking chance and was not, quote, unquote, careful, we can discuss that. Who am I gonna discuss it with? The fucking ghost in my apartment. I don't have a co-host, but <laughs> I I love that I keep saying we, we, we. Who the fuck's we? Who the fuck is we? But um, but yeah, if you disagree, you can DM me and we can discuss this and I could post your thoughts on the next episode. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? I'm telling you, you always feel free to DM me. Uh, I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear your thoughts, your feelings. If you just want to, if you just need someone to talk to, I'm also here for you. Um, I'm not the most, I, I don't even know how to say it. I'm not the most affectionate person. I don't know if that matters, but I could give you some tough love and I could give you some good advice. I might not follow it myself, but I could give some good fucking advice. <laughs> okay, but I, I just went off on a tangent. Um, Another thing that was kind of heartwarming was Mare and Frank, like the interaction they had. It seemed kind of like they were reconciling because we hadn't seen like scenes of them together since that one where you know mayor kind of accused frank of fucking a teenager so not great um and you know just being honest with each other and frank noticing that mayor is kind of like maturing you know and seeing this different side of her this therapy going philosophical side of her so i thought i thought that was a a rewarding scene just to see two adults who were in a relationship who still probably adore each other because you can break break up with someone or divorce someone and still adore them and just know that they weren't you weren't compatible or you weren't good like partners in a relationship and i feel like that's what happened and also the statistics after you know just like losing a child this the statistics is like for married couples after they lose a child no most of them end in divorce tbh um I don't know where I read that, but I am almost certain it's true. I probably saw like an episode of Law and Order or something, SVU, of course. Uh, But yeah, it was (laughs) like just seeing two adults having an adult conversation, but just. Knowing that there is love there, it was heartwarming for me. For me, of course. Okay, I didn't feel like this fit into any of our segments, but I still wanted to talk about it. Can we talk about the similarities, Similarities. I can't speak, uh, take a shot, between Freddie's story and Kevin and how we don't really talk about how this is affecting Mare, you know, because just, you know, Freddie struggling with addiction, uh, a burden to his family, stealing, doing horrible shit to people that he knows. And, you know, it's just addictions, drug addictions handbook. You know, that's, those are the things that you do when you're struggling, when you're going through this, um, illness, because I believe drug addiction is an illness. Um, and I wonder if the, if this is triggering for Mare, you know, as a mother of an addict, a mother of an addict that lost his battle to addiction. Um, just something to to think about. Um, and also, you know how Lori, when Mare and Lori were outside of Beth's house, and mayor asked her how beth is doing and Lori just said honestly i think she's relieved i wonder if mayor ever felt that sense of relief of not having to worry or deal with her son kevin after his death and look I'm not saying that Mare is a fucking horrible person. I'm not. I believe that humans are multidimensional people and that they can fe- feel a lot of fucking emotions at the same time. So, you know, and it's just a thought, right? And it's a thought that might, you might feel horrible for thinking it. And I think Bethy mentions it, that, that, that you know, uh, before Freddie even dies, like sometimes she does mention, she does say sometimes I feel like he- he would just die and this would all be over but at the same time that's your family member and that was mayor's son so I know that there's pain and there's sadness and there there's the mourning process and how Shaban described it how did how did they deal with it they they did it you know they haven't dealt with it they haven't gotten over it but I I just wonder if mayor did feel that relief that you know bethy probably felt too i i would love to hear your thoughts about that um so write in let me know because i i just i would i just want to have a conversation about it and honestly i've just been talking for 15 minutes straight so let's get to the end of our episode last thoughts yes of course i have last thoughts um lori this is for lori uh if you're not lori stop listening just kidding (laughs) just because let me take a sip of this wine before i say these words Mm -mm. okay i'm ready just because someone is the father father of your children doesn't mean they get a green pass to do whatever they want to treat you like shit. And it's not a good enough reason to stay with someone. I feel like Lori tries to give this argument like when Mary's like you got to be strong this time. So this is the second time that Lori's been cheated on. And I know I know I am not judging her. I I don't know what the fuck I would do in her position. I do not have children. I have never been married. Um, so you know, this is all just me thinking that I'm a bad bitch and I would leave a man the first time they cheat on me. I I hope that never happens. I hope I never put in that situation. But you know, it's a very common theme in all families and all. You know, everyone has an aunt or someone that's been cheated on, a friend, a best friend, uh, a mom. You know. It's just cheating is the norm, but I, it's all about a little self-love, like love yourself enough, love yourself to know that you're enough for, for, I don't even know how to word it, dude. Just, just love yourself. Just love yourself enough to know that you are more than your relationship, than the history. Because I know a lot of people stay with their partner or their spouse after they cheat on them because they're just like, we have so much history together. Okay, and, and you could build some history with someone else, someone that won't cheat on you and make you feel like shit And, and wrap their son, To also be complicit in this lie. Uh, That that would have been it for me. Like how? How? How do you forgive that? After you see your son fucking bawling his eyes out. Because he's hiding this truth. Right? And. Okay. My last thought. Don't cover for your kids if you think they murdered someone pat pat you saw your son come in at three in the morning covered in blood what do you think he he, he, had sex with someone on their period no what like uh, it's just so complicated like as a parent you want to protect your children and and you want to you know, think the best of them, but it, it, if it's obvious, maybe tell someone. Especially when the victim, who, you, who you assume is the victim, is fucking family, dude. Ah, oh, my god. But yes, those were my last thoughts. I am broken. I just. Kidding. <laughs> Yo, I need to start taking drinking more wine while I'm recording because the words just flew out of me so beautifully. I mean, the words always fly out of me. Sometimes not so beautiful, but you know what I mean. But yes, thank you so much for listening. You already know the drill. Follow us on social media. On Instagram, where that show, F me up. F is spelled E-F-F-E-D. On Twitter, where that D-A-T show, fucked me up. Fucked this without the U. Um, Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, bros, gals, theys. If you leave me a five-star review, slide into my DMs and let me know, and I'll give you a shout-out on the next episode, you know? And I'll tell everyone how much I love you and how I feel about you. I would love that. Please. And it it will get the podcast more visibility um what else what else what else uh subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts you already know the drill and you already know be gentle be kind and don't be an asshole unless you absolutely have to be goodbye